podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Basketball's coming to town, basketball's coming to town, basketball's coming to town. Scott's making a list, Grant's checking it twice, they're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketball's coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard about us talking about it for weeks, months now, and some of you still are on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the type of guy that likes to bet a little and maybe win a lot, like playing the numbers on a roulette wheel, well, you can create a big-time parlay. You can throw three teams together on there, bet 100 bucks, turn it into 600 when all of those hit. There is so much to bet on. College basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, NHL. You can make custom prop bets. And even for you nerds and geeks out there, you can bet on eSports. You name it, you can bet on it. You just keep going because you're doing a great job. Well, I'll tell you this. My bookie is the one place that I know you'll be happy betting at all year. I re- recommend these guys because I truly, I, I truly do trust them. My bookie has been in business for years now. I was with them even before we were doing this podcast, and I've never had any issues with them. They have great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. If you use our uh, sign-up code right now, BOYS25, you're going to get a 50% deposit to jumpstart that bankroll. Excuse me. And I know in no time all of you guys will be rolling in the cash. Also, if you aren't, make sure you're following at bet my bookie on twitter they respond literally to every mention you can sign to their dms they're going to reply back and they've been giving away money all football season long in free plays and just straight up cash they've given away over ten thousand bucks to folks who are just following in this football season and i can also tell you anytime new prop bets or odds are released they put them out on twitter first so don't miss out log on to my bookie today use our code boys 25 and you'll get that 50 percent deposit bonus you play you win you get paid my bookie let's do it check them out guys we wouldn't be talking about them if you know we didn't believe in them but hey we're back um we first first off want to apologize because the audio quality is not going to be nearly as good we're back in the skype game we are – it's blizzard season, man. We are – the blizzard is hitting right now, and I was, yeah, al- I was almost going to come to your house because I uh, had to maybe take my friend to the airport, and I figured, hey, I know you live out there, so I might stop by, but I, I, I convinced him to get an Uber because I just didn't feel like driving an hour and a half. So Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty nasty out there. I'm literally looking out my window right now to the highway, and there's three, three cars in the ditch right now. That's not good. So I can see three cars in the ditch from my apartment. Um, it's pretty nasty out here. Um, I'm glad I didn't try to make the trip then. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't too. I hope uh, your buddy's Uber is all right. Um, speaking of things that are not all right, uh, well, we lost Iowa State. Yeah. Uh, we knew it eventually was going to happen, uh, 38-42. Um, we can talk some macro-level things about the game before. We jump into our usual review where we talk about individual position groups. Um, first off, uh, I mean, it, uh, it's poetic justice. I said it on Twitter. Um, the, eventually, this winning streak was going to end versus Cyclones. You can't beat someone for the rest of your life forever. And the fact that this ended the way it did, that we farmageddoned ourselves – for them to finally win. It was, it was poetic justice. And, uh, 
I know not everyone is active on Twitter who listens to it. I know a big population of our listenership listens on Twitter. But it was, honestly, I have to applaud K-State fans on Twitter, the uh, big uh, vocal group of Twitter fans, because we were party rocking. We were trolling Iowa State fans <laughs> all halftime. And then we went up 17. And uh, we all, like, we were just like, oh, this is great, this is great, this is great. And then it all turned on a dime. And we, it's like every single person on Twitter knew it was happening when it happened because uh, it was the, the fumble that they took in for a touchdown. And then at that point, we were all like, okay, uh, we screwed ourselves, and uh, we just kind of took it. It was honestly an astonishing game to be following along social media to just see how everyone was in lockstep that entire game and um, you know, it was entertaining in a whole different type of way. It was, and I said it. I said it on Twitter. It's, there's nothing worse when you can see it, when you can see it, an inevitable sports collapse coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's always just so obvious when it is coming. But you know, it was perfect. It was a a perfect ending to the streak, to be honest. And you know, we gotta give props to Iowa State. We set ourselves up for it. And, you know, I'm ready to take it. I'm ready to take it like a man. And, you know what, I haven't really gotten any any backlash at all on Twitter yet from any I got, fans. I got one mention, and that's it, though. I mean, not, really nothing. I got uh, about six or seven different folks who tweeted in laughing gifts. Then some just nimrod at, like, 3 a.m. So, I mean, I think a lot of people know I wake up early, even on Sunday. I was up at 5 a.m., and I had, like, 12 mentions from one Cyclone guy, and he was just railing on me and <laughs> saying stuff like, oh, the only thing you K-State fans care about is Twitter, blah, 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 blah. And I almost let into him, but I was just like, whatever. I, I'm just going to let it go. But, I mean, he was the dude who was Twitter mentioning K-State and Iowa State at 3 a.m. Uh, on a Sunday. So uh, I think that, that's all That's all I really need to know about a guy. But it, uh, I, I got, I got, I, I got a little bit. I, I was expecting a little bit more. But at the end of the day, the K State fans they weren't constantly bitching about referees, and for the most part, at least on like the stuff I was tweeting out, there was nothing really they could latch onto. Uh, it, so it didn't take them long to get into those refs, did it? I mean, it was no, it, it didn't. Right and, from the get-go. and that's the that's the funniest thing. Even in the game that they finally win, even after they won, like it's completely after the game. The game's over. Press conferences are happening. Uh, K State fans are just kind of having a laugh. But Iowa State fans, even after they won, they still were compl- like just saying, "Oh yeah, we beat the refs and K State." I was just like. You guys, like you, you won for the first time, like in ten years, and you're still complaining about referees. Like, I don't know. It's it's a miserable life that that must live. Uh, Charlie Brown finally kicked the football, and it is what it is. Um, I'm not all that talk- hurt by it, but it shows just goes to show how fun that game really is. Because I was like, very. That's the most I've been into a game in quite some time, and I was feeling I was kind of a nervous wreck there for a little bit. And it, it felt fun for me to be super engaged in a game that, you know, virtually didn't really matter all that much. But Farmageddon, no. it's, it's fun, man. Yeah, it's fun, and it's mainly because, you know, one team is going to collapse, and at least that part of the streak is alive. Let's talk about uh, – let's just forget about Iowa State for a little bit. Let's talk about kind of that collapse at a macro level level for K-State, um, which there's also some poetry to this as well. The, the story – for the longest time, was if Bill Snyder has a lead at halftime, his teams win. And if he has a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter, they win. This is, what, the fifth monumental collapse in a fourth quarter we've seen from a Bill Snyder coach team in the last two or three seasons. Yeah. Um, and we, we will touch on... Bill Snyder, we're going to do speculation and all that type of stuff on the midweek show. So let's avoid doing that. But how just surprising has it been that, you know, throughout our entire lives, up to when, up until we were in our early 20s, there was one constant. That's if Bill Snyder has a lead in the, in going into halftime or even in the fourth quarter, it's a win. Yet we've seen so many of these collapses. Like it, it just, it still doesn't feel real to me that we've seen it happen so often over the last three, four years. Well, it all started really back in 2015 when um, those collapses really, really started to begin. I, I, 
what comes to mind first is the TCU game. You know, we were up big at half. Uh. I remember seeing, you know, uh, well, well, at least we have this great, <laughs> this great tradition and this great history of of on our side. You know, we we have a, a halftime lead and we usually protect it, but it all kind of reversed in 2015, and that that was a nightmare of a season. You know, we don't really need to dive into that, but it's kind of we haven't really been able to protect those leads anymore. Um, and it's just there's a lot of Bill Snyder narratives that have slowly but surely began to die out, you know, with towards the tail end of his career, and that's just another one that is starting to die out as well. And it's sad because the record he did have at halftime is was insane, but yeah, it, it, it was it insane. doesn't really hold up anymore. <laughs> no, and and I think you know if you looked at even. Ah uh, no, that I was gonna say it's almost like if you go in with a halftime lead, you're you're gonna lose anyways, which that just blatantly isn't true. I was gonna be a little too extreme, but I'm gonna hold back on that. Um, and yeah, there there is the poetry there. If if everything goes the way we expect, and that was the last game, all those kind of Bill Snyderisms uh, have died. Special teams, halftime leads, no mistakes, penalties, etc. Um, they're they're all gone. Um, and probably was his last game. But like I said, I think we're going to talk about that midweek. Let's dive into the position-by-position position groups. Um, as always, we talk quarterbacks. Uh, Skylar Thompson at one point was 17 for 19, and then the fourth quarter happened. And um, he, I don't know, I think he maybe completed one or two passes in that fourth quarter. Um, he ended up having three touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown. Uh, everything was really awesome up until that fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, he distributed the ball, eight different receivers, made some massive throws and runs. Um, let's talk first about the good. Uh, we, we've both been massive Skyler guys. Uh, he's ending his season on two pretty good performances that leave leaves me wishing we would have gone all in on him earlier. And I know I'm pre- preaching to the choir with you on that one. So what did you take away from this game on the good side of Skyler Thompson? That, I mean, you know, I said it last night on Twitter, of course, at least through that, those three quarters, this is the Skyler Thompson that, you know, we've kind of been waiting for the Skyler that we've been wanting to, to see throughout his career. And it's just, that's the Skyler that we probably would have seen consistently had we bought in on Skyler from the very beginning. I mean, he, we certainly stunted his development but he's he's a gamer man you can see it when when he gets going and when he's comfortable and when he's healthy the dude is a baller he can run he can pass he he was his pocket presence was great last night aside from of course that one blindsided fumble but i just i'm nervous i hope he comes back i he's he's a great quarterback to build a to build a team around and he's a great player i just i don't know i i agree with you um I, I'm going to have that fear. Um, he, he, I, I, he either has already graduated or he's, or he's about to. So it's going to be nervy times, especially with how uh, college football has basically set it up that uh, it's honestly almost like free agency. Yeah. You don't even have to talk to the AD. You don't have to talk to coaches. All you have to do is log into this database and put your name in and boom, you're transferring. And especially for a two year grad transfer, um, selfishly, I want to see that talent. I want to see what he can continue to do at K-State. But you got to think that there's going to be some pretty decent-sized programs that would want to uh, bring in a guy like that because you have two years of eligibility. Ugh, I don't know. I'm nervous. Um, I'm nervous, too. But uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that, you know, Skyler is a wildcat through and through. He likes his teammates. He, he likes the school. And we'll see what's going to happen. We're not going to touch too much on Bill possibly leaving, which, you know, we think he's going to. But a lot may happen in the next week or so or, you know, the next couple of weeks, depending on who, which direction we go at head coach. That's probably going to have a massive, a massive, massive impact on a lot of these players' futures. And we could see yeah. a lot of people leaving. We could see no one leaving. So I, I agree. And I'm I just scared. want to t- <laughs> touch on – that and we might touch on it again uh, when we talk about the running backs. But I just hope that uh, Gene Taylor, the athletic department uh, administration, even some of the folks inside the uh, football program 
can tell these guys to hold on, let us bring in a coach, don't make any decisions before, uh, excuse me, before you know exactly who's going to be coaching you yeah. next season. Um, all that being said, we're never going to be a podcast that criticizes players for moving on and doing what they feel is best for their career. Uh, so if if that comes, you know, I think I, I, I at least I think I'm speaking for you that uh, we're always going to back these guys and thank them for what they've done for K-State. Yeah, I mean, if you want to transfer, then, you know, that's that's your right. That's your life. It's, there's no point in holding that against these players. I'm not going to pull a Gundy and talk about how you're a snowflake, but we want you to stay. We want these guys to stay. I really love Skylar Thompson. I've loved him since shit, we signed him as a recruit, and I've, I've – we, I've kind of put him on a pedestal since since we signed him as a, as a recruit, and I just want to see him reach that potential at K State. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Let, we'll see. Yep, we'll see. Yeah, let's let's be a little bit uh, fair and balanced. Uh, there were a couple of spots that uh, Skyler did make some mistakes, most notably uh, just kind of not knowing your surrounding for that. Uh, strip sack scoop and score that really swung the game yeah and then there's a couple times where he just didn't seem to he couldn't find uh a receiver he took a couple sacks uh yes his, i don't think his pocket presence was bad but there were a few times that uh if it truly is the quarterback's call to check into some stuff i don't think he made all the best calls when it became obvious all iowa state was going to do was blitz yeah and Especially after, you know, when France went down, I would have liked to see us make some sort of adjustments. He wasn't getting much help, though, in the blocking game. You know, Barnes had a couple big-time whiffs, but that left side of the the left side of the line was super vulnerable after France went down, and we didn't seem to really adjust at all from that. So that's where he took the sack from the left side, blindsided him. I don't really blame quarterbacks too much for fumbles after getting destroyed in a blindside sack, but... It's just one of those things, and we were real unlucky that it just fell right into that guy's hands, and Beecham kind of – Beecham didn't know that that guy had it. He just let him go. We would have probably been able to bring that guy down to the ground, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of Skyler's plays that that weren't great. I was pretty drunk last night watching the game, if I'm being completely honest with you. But, uh, well, I'm glad that you're was, bringing your 18th game. <laughs> there was one play. There was a crucial third down play that I think it was the last time we had – not it was third down where he tried to throw it to Zach Reuter and Schoen was Schoen was wide open. He had his guy beat, but he he tried to force it into Reuter for some reason, and I was wondering why on earth he would have made that pass because not only was Reuter the outside receiver, but he had Schoen in the slot with five yards around him. No one was there, and he he tried to force it to Reuter, and it just didn't work, and it ended up being a pretty crucial swing. So I I don't know what are there some bad plays that stuck out to you. Well, I think those were the main ones. I I, uh, I I really wish that he could have had a little bit more touch on a few of those fly routes that were there, especially, you know, even on that final play. Although that I think that was more uh, receiver giving up on that final fly route. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. He's still a tr- he was still a sophomore. I, I think there's just so much more he can improve upon and, uh, you know, even even when it comes to some small stuff like running different angles, he took. You know, yeah. he uh, he tried to hurdle a guy when, and that just worries me. I I, I just I, I want him to just have you know two more healthy years at K State, and I think he can do it. I I know he took some flack on the internet about some of the passes that he threw and some of the reads that he made, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's just a lot more good than bad when it came to his game last night. For sure. Did overthrow a couple of receivers that was kind of costly, but it happens. And gosh, he's, he's a good player. If you can't see the, if you can't see the good in him and the potential in him, then I don't know what you're watching. You got to find another sport to complain about because we could have him for two more years. And if we could, you know, go all in on developing him as, as our guy and building the team around him, we could have a heck of a future with him. So just hope, I just hope he sticks around. I agree with you. Let's uh, move on to the offensive line. Uh, a game where we saw the last, uh, you know, game of Dalton Reisner, who uh, pissed off a bunch of Cyclones by pulling uh, pulling Skyler into the end zone on that rushing <laughs> touchdown. But uh, all in all, I think uh, the first half they did pretty well. They asserted their dominance in the run. But this kind of goes along with what I touched on 
when Iowa State decided they were done dropping into coverage, trying to keep stuff in front of them and just starting to blitz, our offensive line just could not handle it. I know a lot of that had to do with France going down. Um, I think you could make an argument that he actually has been our best offensive lineman this year. Uh, so when he goes down, I think Nick Kaltmeyer stepped in and he was all right, but I think France is an elite level guy and uh, they just, they just struggled with the blitz almost all game. It doesn't say a lot about our depth, does it? That when one guy goes down, the entire left side of the line is completely vulnerable. Um, but they had a pretty good game bar from bar from that last quarter, but Iowa state did mix up some of their looks. They started blitzing quite a bit more and they, they were getting desperate. So, and we, we, you know, fair play to them. We couldn't, we couldn't keep the pressure away from us. I liked a couple of our screen calls, but they didn't work out as well as, as uh, I had hoped that they would have worked out. But overall, I thought the line played decently well. They <clears throat> created some nice holes in the running game as well. I don't know, but that left side, you know, just kind of collapsed when France went down. Yep, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, hopefully they can bounce back and have a good offseason, get rolling with some of the young guys next year. Let's move on to running backs. Um, Alex Barnes, I mean, he had 184 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, he ends the season as the Big 12 leading rusher, uh, 1355, 1,355 yards. That's the fourth best rushing season a K-State Wildcats had. He has now 12 games over 100 yards. That's tying him for second with Daniel Thomas and John Hubert for most as a cat all time, only behind Darren Sproles. Um, just talk about the positives in his game last night. Uh, I think he truly did prove he is the best running back in the Big 12. Yeah, and, I mean, he he's so good when he's going north and south. I mean, when he gets going, when he gets some confidence – there's really no stopping him. He's such a strong, strong back and a strong runner. He doesn't have that speed that we like to see, but, you know, with him it doesn't really matter because he's going to consistently get you five, six yards of carry, and he's always going to be good for a couple 20-yard break breakthrough runs. But uh, hate to see Barnes. Po- I mean, we've been speculating possibly on Barnes' future as well. I hope that's not his last game, um, but, you know, if it was, he's represented himself and the university very well. So ends up with 1,355 yards. What Do you remember what our prediction was at the beginning? Of the I think game? it was like 13, around 13. I think that was the – I really do think that was the ballpark that we kept saying. I want to say we, we either did 1,200 or 1,300. I think we I think we might have talked each, talked each other into 1,300 there. Yeah, and I mean, he went above it. and He had a great year. Uh, you touched on it. Um, we've been speculating for a while now. And he didn't do anything that was going to stop that speculation because D. Scott Frischen yeah. of uh, Go Power Guy, he just straight up asked him, you know, was this the last time you're going to see you playing for K-State? Are you coming back next year? He goes, who knows? Who knows? I mean, and again, I, he has so much emotion going through, uh, you know, everything right now. So I'm not going to hold that against him, but that definitely isn't going to stop any sort of speculation about his future. No, it's it's not. And, you know, it's probably, I mean, it's a fair question to ask, but asking questions like that, and I got shit for, for uh, you know, what I'm talking about, John Kurtz, you know, I just feel like you ask these people about their future right after a big loss, and it's like you're just not going to get the answer that you want. You're going to – they have so much emotions going through their head, it, and, you know, they're probably thinking this is maybe my last game, and that's the last thing they really want to talk about at the moment, especially a guy like Alex Barnes. You know, he's he might be thinking, man, this is the last time I'm ever going to, you know, put this uniform on. It's the last time I'm going to play with, with, with some of my best friends on this team. And, you know, even his se- – like the seniors, he may not be leaving, but he's losing a lot of his friends, so – who knows? Who knows what what that answer really means? But I hope we see him back again because he's he's really really good and we're gonna need him. I mean, we are gonna desperately need him next year. So we'll see what happens, man. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of moving in the next probably month or so. We'll see. We're gonna learn a lot. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, just on that point, I I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I think that uh, that's literally the journalist's job to ask those questions. 
I'm um, not saying it's a bad question. I'm just saying you're not going to get a good answer, like, ever. That's my point. And I think that it's totally fine to, a- to ask it. Like, I changed my mind almost instantly when I realized, yeah, they probably should ask it because that's what's on everyone's mind. But I, you're just not going to get an answer out of it. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm glad well, they well, asked it, to be honest. So. <laughs> okay, well, wait, we'll move on to that, to the wide receivers. Um First note there, Malik Knowles did not travel. He will still have the four years of eligibility. Bill Snyder, when asked about him, Lance Robinson, Phillip Brooks, he said that the players decided not to travel. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. Yeah. Um, I So I, I thought that was a weird answer from him, but we'll move on. Uh, Zuber, you know, returns to the starting lineup, has his best game in a long time, seven receptions, 65 yards, two touchdowns. Um, what do you make of Zuber's game back? Good to have him back. Would have been nice to, you know, have him consistently for the last few games. I guess we did beat KU and Tech, so we didn't necessarily need him. But he's our best wide receiver by far and away. I mean, he's a heck of a weapon. I hope he's another player whose, you know, future is kind of cloudy, and I hope he comes back because I just want to see him take that next step as a receiver. He struggled still you know, in the in the special teams aspect, and I don't know what the heck's going on with that unit this year. It's just kind of been a mess from top to bottom, but Zuber's a heck of a player. I'd like to see him get even more touches than he has been, but he's been our most reliable receiver for the past few years, and it's good to see him get his numbers. Yep, I agree, and then uh, Sebastian Taylor, the guy that everyone has been <laughs> waiting to break out. First off, I think his nickname is going to be the Loch Ness Monster, uh, so he, he finally got a big catch, and it was a touchdown. Uh, it's good to see that young guy that everyone's just kind of been hyping up for so long uh, make a play. Hopefully we see more of that next year. Yeah, I, I was completely shocked when I looked up and saw him in the game. And, man, he had a touchdown catch. That's great. That's got to be good for his confidence. Um, he just still kind of looks a little lost out there. But that just goes to show <laughs> how how thin we are at that unit. and. It's really interesting to talk, you know, Malik Knowles and those guys. I don't know. You think that they would really say, "I don't want to play in the final game of the year"? Like, you think that they're looking at their their four years of eligibility that way? I I imagine that a kid would would be wanting to to go play in that last game and make an immediate impact. Yeah, and that that that's why I mean I, that that's what Bill said. I don't I don't know. I, that's why I quickly moved on from it. We're never <laughs> yeah we're we'll never, never we're never we're never gonna know um, unless you know during media day before the spring game, you know, they straight up say, yeah, Bill wanted me to play, but I said, no, I'm not buying that for a second. I think that that's just the way Bill is. Um, and yeah, so you, I, I don't have you, anything more on that. Are you happy about that? Um, to be honest with you, going into the game all week, I was thinking to myself, okay, I want them to play. I want the best chance to win. Uh, but now that the game's over, um, we're not going to a bowl. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm happy. They still have four years of eligibility. Would I trade uh, beat like if all three of those guys would have played? Do I think we would have won? That's impossible to know. Um, right. It's it's truly impossible to know. Uh, so I I think I'm gonna say yeah I'm okay with them. Uh, uh, Keeping yeah, it's easy to say now that the game's over and we lost and it doesn't really matter at this point and they have their eligibility. But you do kind of want to think like. Man, if those guys would play, we might have had those extra weapons. But at this point, it doesn't really matter, and it's, yeah, it's I, good that they have that eligibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, 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 it one hundred percent is. Um, let's go to the defense. I don't really have much to say about the defensive line. Reggie Walker, Walker got five tackles, one tackle for a loss. Chase Johnson got a sack. Uh, but all in all, I I think that the defensive line was pretty poor uh, last night. Not a lot of pressure. Um, Montgomery was getting up to the second level. Yeah. Almost every time he touched the ball, I think uh, the defensive line made a massive, 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 massive step back from the way they had been playing. Yeah, I thought the D ends were, you know, just okay. The D tackles kind of looked like they did early on the year. They were getting spread out pretty badly, um, just creating big holes. Linebacker made it a lot tougher for the linebackers to do their job, but. Yeah, D-line didn't end on a high note. Um, linebackers, we saw Kendall Adams slide in there last his last game as, as a Wildcat, and he's been you know primarily as a linebacker the last couple games. Um, what are your thoughts on Kendall? 
I'm going to miss him. Uh, he never, never got back to where uh, we hoped he was going to. Um, I think we all got excited when Bill Snyder said that this was the best he's looked in his career during, uh, you know, summer camp, uh, which just obviously wasn't true. He never had like one of those vintage Kendall Adams games where he took over and uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying he was a liability at times, but he just never was a difference maker. There wasn't a single game. He was a difference maker. And after having, you know, two years, two and a half years of truly being a difference maker almost every time he stepped on the field. Uh, it's it's disappointing that that's how his career ended. But, you know, the guy was battling through injuries, um, some more flare-ups on his ankles and Achilles. So uh, it is what it is. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, uh, uh, Achilles injury is, like, impossible to come back from, especially when you're trying to make it a quick turnaround. That is – you're always going to – you're going to lose a step of speed – there's there's pretty much nothing you can do about it, which is unfortunate. Um, we had our guys, our guys like Patton and Hughes played a decent game. Patton had seven tackles, Hughes with five. Um, yeah, but they still had some massive missed tackles, missed tackles. on some third downs, and I think specifically back to that, uh, you know, that sequence that led to a second and thirty-two, where I would say ended up picking it up and scoring a touchdown. I think specifically to that third down play. Uh, it was Hughes who missed a tackle and just flew right past him. So what would have been like a five-yard gain, and they would have either had to kick a field goal or had a much uh, lower probability fourth down pickup turned into, you know, 10 yards in a – not easy, but a much easier pickup that resulted in points for Iowa State. Um, that was an issue that never was truly fixed. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't nearly as bad as the Baylor game, but – it. It's still not great. No, it wasn't great. But what was even worse was our secondary unit. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it, it was, was probably, the, if not the worst uh, game, the second worst game. Yeah. So we had another guy, Lance Robinson. He saved his red shirt. He has four years eligibility. I'm happy about that. I think Lance Robinson looks like he's going to be a solid player. Kevion McGee has stepped up a little bit this year. You know, he had to be forced in early. He had two picks, but... Outside of those two picks, that is pretty much it. We yeah, got gashed ugh. all night. Uh, we had no answer for Butler. You know, we gave up, what, 337 yards on about 20 receptions? You know, outside yeah. of those two picks, there's really nothing to talk about that's yeah. positive. It only forced five more incompletions the rest of the game. They had some massive penalties. They were just getting bullied by Butler. It was, quite frankly, kind of an embarrassing outing for them to end the season. Um, and when, when you needed stops, when you needed plays the most, they were nowhere to be found. Um, yeah, the two interceptions were big, and without those, it probably never got to the point where we were cocky. Probably ends up being Iowa State by 14, uh, because we didn't force them to punt once. It was, it was quite frankly, just an embarrassing uh, performance by the secondary. I think there's a lot of work. Granted, uh, everyone who, by the end of the game, the – Five secondary players, the two corners, two safeties, and Nickelback, not a single one of those guys, was starting last week. Uh, it was the unit that was hit the most by injuries. Um, and just, honestly, the lack of depth really proved out. Um, and even with your top-end guys, it's just tough uh, to be out there with, like, five, seven, five, eight cornerbacks going up against a guy who's 6'6", six, six, yeah. those type of skills. It's just kind of proves the the secondary was uh last night was just kind of proof of what this football program has become uh you know showing signs that hey it it can be real good with like those interceptions but just not having the depth not having the overall quality to get over the hump yeah Uh, so that i mean that's what i have to say about the secondary um you know i'll miss guys like eli walker uh, who's gone? I think this team really missed Duke Shelley. Um, yeah, maybe it's a different game with Duke Shelley out there, but uh, it is what it is. It's over. Um, we can talk about special teams a bit if we want. I mean, the return game, that opening return, just shambolic. Uh, Zuber muffs the kick, and then you know we get the ball on the one, and then a delay game. Um, outside of that, he was fine. Nothing crazy. Um, 
I mean, I, I think one of the big turning points was another one of those penalties. You know, Iowa State scores a touchdown, they get the extra point, but then they have a 15-yard penalty. Well, we're returning the ball and get a penalty ourselves, yeah. back us up. And that, I mean, and that momentum. was a huge swing right there. Yeah, it was just massive swing. Um, I will, you know, shout out to Colby Moore, who uh, has struggled as the field goal holder. He did have a strip and recovery on a uh, coverage uh, for another, I would say turnover. So that was nice, but, um, it just, it just was poor. It was poor. And it was basically, basically just exemplified how this unit has performed all season. Um, just a dull, a dull blade that didn't really help us much. And it, you know, it, it slightly hurt us in, at points. So that man, that return after that, after that penalty, he was such a huge swing. I was so mad because we could have started that drive on the 50, and yep. Yep. Just got and then ended up on the 25. So, yeah. Um, Lynch, you know, he, he hit one from 35. Perfect from extra point. Looking forward to him improving going into next year. Ankle, his very first punt was an 18 yard shank job, uh, but he was all right after that. I don't think there's much more we need to say on either of those two guys. No, nah, I think they will be reliable guys coming back. All right. Um, let's grade the keys to V. Um, the first one, this was yours. Continue to play with defensive inte- intensity and variety. What are you giving that? I'm giving it a C minus. Um, not to say that we didn't play with defensive intensity, but we weren't really. At, there was a lot of times where we were not in the right position. We did not do anything really to adjust in the secondary. They continued to gash us deep with Butler and other guys. Um, just got destroyed in the secondary. We didn't really get much pressure on Purdy. Didn't see much variety to to our to our defensive game plan last night. So, below I'm giving it, for me. Yeah, I'm giving it a D. I'm giving it a failing grade. Um, there wasn't much creativity. You never got to the quarterback. Um, there was not never even a single play where I thought the defense was playing overly intense. I don't think that they mailed it in by any means, but. I just didn't see that defensive intensity that I would have liked to see. Right. Um, the next the next one, number two, was feed Alex Barnes, continue to have him be the best running back. Um, I think he was the best running back, but because I kind of tacked on be the best running back, I can't give it an A. Um, I'm going to give it a B because Montgomery sure did get his. He got three touchdowns. He was always getting to the second level. He was always falling forward. Um, so I, I, I kind of made that a double point. Um, Barnes great containing Montgomery very yeah, poor. Right. Yeah, I, I gave it a B plus. We did kind of give the game to Alex Barnes. He had 184 yards and he did what he needed to do. But in the end, kind of offsets with that Montgomery. <clears throat> so what's the next? Yep. One? Third the one, next one was Skyler. Let Skyler continue to be Skyler. That was yours. It's <sighs> a tough one. I'm just gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a B minus. I think Skyler played nearly a complete game course we kind of capitulated at the end there but that was Skyler being Skyler you know I think he showed the type of quarterback that he can be in these last two games and I think it deserves a grade that's you know it doesn't I don't I don't want to be too harsh on that because I thought Skyler played well and I thought that you know we did let Skyler be Skyler and do his thing he distributed the ball well he ran the ball pretty well you know he wasn't perfect but I'll give it a B Minus. I'll give it just a regular B. Uh, I think it was an A territory until the fourth quarter, yeah. which is weird because uh, in his very young career, uh, now halfway through his eligibility, uh, he turns it on in the fourth quarter. So for the first time, maybe in his career, we saw him really playing well in quarters one through three, and then you know just not having it in the fourth quarter. So. Uh, disappointing, but it is what it is. The final one was just show up. We are K State. We are better than Iowa State. Uh, have to give it an F. It's over. Um, over. You know, hopefully we can get back to it next year. But uh, I don't think you can give it anything but an F because uh, the roles were 100% reversed last night. We were the ones who uh, pissed down our legs. We're the ones who threw it away. Um, so I can't give it anything but an F. I gave it an F as well. I mean, there's nothing else you can give it. We showed up and we lost and we did it in hilarious Iowa State fashion. So, you know, it's justice, I suppose. Yep, poetic justice. Speaking of poetic justice, our final game balls of the season presented by my bookie. Uh, you guys know the rules. We both got two game balls and a swagger sticker to give away. 
Grant, you have the first game ball. Who's it going to? Offensive game ball. Hopefully it's not the last time I get to give this guy a game ball. It's Alex Barnes, 184 yards. He puts himself into, what, tied for second for 100 yards, uh, 100 yard games. The guy's a stud. He deserves he deserves to be lauded as a hell of a player. And I want I've, I've given him my game ball so many times this year for a reason because he's damn good. <laughs> I'm going to give my offensive game ball to Skylar Thompson just in case uh, this is the last game he plays for K-State. I just wanted to give him uh, praise one more time. The guy, uh, even in his short career, has done a crazy amount of things. He's had some great comebacks. He's had some great games. I have a feeling that if uh, he does decide to transfer, he's going to be one of the biggest what-ifs. I think if we would have handed him the keys – immediately after the Cisco kid went down last year and bought into him being the guy 100%, uh, things would have been different this year. Um, and even last year might have gotten a couple more wins. Um, Skylar Thompson is the real deal. He is a very good Power 5 quarterback. I hope this isn't the last time I give him a game ball. Uh, but if it is, I just want to tip my cap one more time to Skylar Thompson. Uh, defensive game ball, Grant. My defensive game ball is going to go to Kevion McGee for his two interceptions. Um, secondary did not have a great a great outing last night. But you can't deny two picks that, you know, gave us tons of momentum at the time. So I'm giving, giving my uh, defensive game ball to the youngster, Kevion McGee. I'm going to give my – I'm going to substitute to a little bit of an audible. I'm going to give my game ball to Bill Snyder. I have been very tough on him. This season and last season, I will continue to be tough on him because I think that he single-handedly has put this program into a position where it's looking down the barrel of a massive rebuild. I think that he has done no justice in the way that he has finished off this season. There's a lot of bad things I can talk about, and we might dive into this a little bit more on Tuesday, but at the end of the day, we do believe that was his last game ever as the head coach of the Kansas State Wildcats. He's no doubt the best football coach we've ever had. And honestly, um, there's a very real chance he's the best we will ever have, even in the future. Um, I I do appreciate everything that he gave to us. Uh, I think that when it's all said and done, hopefully I'll get to a point where uh, he's not soured in my mind. But I do want to give him uh, one little bit of recognition at the end of this and what probably was, hopefully was, his final game coaching the K-State Wildcats. You summed it up well. I'll give my first swagger sticker and my last game ball to Dalton Reisner for scoring essentially his second straight touchdown. Ripped, <laughs> ripped Skylar Thompson into the end zone. Um, shout out to Dalton Reisner. He's been an incredible ambassador for the university. Um, he's going to keep the draft streak alive most certainly. Um, Dalton Reisner have, have had, had himself a season, had himself a career, so... Shout out to Dalton. My swagger sticker is going to Mike Murray KS on Twitter. He's a meme god. He was killing it in the Farmageddon Twitter uh, wars. It was amazing. He, he did a great job. He's a great bonehead. All the boneheads on Twitter, uh, you know, it was an MVP-like performance all day on Saturday. And uh, even in the loss, I think everyone was able to just kind of we take a step We that loss back. well, man. Yeah, I mean, everyone kind of took a step back and kind of realized – like I've, I've continued to say the poetic justice of how that game went and how this season ended. So, um, you know, Mike Murray, he's getting the uh, swagger sticker, but I, I feel like all the uh, boneheads deserve a shout. Um, real quickly, we're done with football. Let's talk a little bit of basketball. Uh, Paradise Jam, since we last talked, you know, K-State really took care of Penn in Mizzou uh, to take home the championship. Dean Wade was the tournament MVP. Barry Brown was named to the all-tournament team. Uh, defense truly did reign supreme almost that entire tournament, but finally versus Mizzou versus Dirty Slavers, uh, we went 50% from three, above 50% from the field, 182-67. to 67. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts on what the Paradise Jam was outside of float hoops? You are burping so much over there. I, I know. It's, it's bad and... Man, you got the Travis the Tannehill, India, India Pale Albert. I know it's been bad, and because I'm, we're doing these uh, iPod since it's Skype, I can't go away from it. So I know. Uh, it, it is what it is. I'm again sorry about all the 
This is probably one of our worst quality shows in a while. But damn Blizzard. Blame the Blizzard. It is. It well, is the fault. What, what do I take away? Hey, we hoisted our first trophy of the year, and hopefully it's not, not the last one. Um, still struggling slightly as a team um, in terms of shooting. We, we broke out a little bit in, against Missouri. I think we shot, what, 50%. Our three-point shooting was much better. Um, Dean is, you know, the MVP. He's It's funny. He's MVP. He's, he's, he's uh, averaging about 16 points a game, and I still feel I still want him to do more. I still want him to be demanding that ball more. It feels like Dean has, has another, another gear he can go into. Um, and as far as the, uh, the Lehigh game, do you want to break into that, or do you have any, have any thoughts on the tournament? No, I don't have any more about the tournament. The Lehigh game, you know, it was basically the, the typical game that we've had this season, you know, uh, being a little rough in the first half, ultimately pulling away and having a double-digit win. Dean Wade was invisible in the first half, but he did end up leading the team with 18 points. Mac, had, Mac and Stokes had a solid game. They had 10 points apiece. Barry Brown had 16. X only had 7 points on 2 of 7 for shooting. It truly was his you know, worst game of the season. And then the bench, you know, it's a good thing we had, you know, four guys in double digits because the bench had 16 points total. Cardi had five. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think it might be time to start worrying about the bench. Um, what, 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 what about, what do you think? I don't think that yeah. Cardi, Sean Neal Williams, Mike McGurl, even Trice, I don't think any of them, have had a good game yet. I mean, Cardi had one game yeah. down the Paradise Jam, so that that might be a little harsh on him. But um, are you up to the point where you're ready to start worrying about the bench players? Not a hundred percent yet. I'm, I'm I'm concerned. Yeah, aside from that one, that first game um, down in the Virgin Islands where Cardi had about fourteen. We haven't seen much from him. Um, he's, they all just still look so passive, and I don't know what it is if, if they feel like they've got too much pressure on them or what, but there is something concerning about the bench. You're absolutely right, and it's the guards. It's not just the guards, actually. We could, we could touch on Trice as well. He's not necessarily contributing anything outside of – he is an elite rebounder, and I'll give him that. He busts his ass. You know, he, he works hard constantly, and he, he always makes these – crazy like play hard plays or work hard plays that he, he goes the extra he goes the extra mile to keep the ball or something but other than that you know he's not a great defender he's not a great scorer he can't shoot free throws to save his life and he's going to be at the line quite a bit so it's it is slightly concerning i think that the guards will be okay particularly cardi um i don't know what it is though i mean <laughs> it's hard to put my finger on it but we're not getting the contribution that i would hope we would be getting um you know, granted, we're only, what, six games in, and things are going to start speeding up here soon, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on why we're not getting a contribution from these guys? Well, I think, first off, when it comes to uh, – I, I want to exclude Cardi from this. I, I want to group Sean Neal Williams, Mike McGurl, and Austin Trice into this bucket. I think that K-State fans uh, – severely overhyped each one of these guys. Um, and I think it's for all for different reasons. I think Sean Neal Williams, he didn't get in early enough. You can see the flashes. You can see the athleticism. Um, I think when he finally uh, gets to the point where he's up to speed, he will be a true contributor. Um, but I don't think that happens until next year. I don't think he has the ability to catch up to everything that happened in the off season before he joined the team in August. Uh, so I just don't think he's there. I think Mike McGurl is a prisoner from literally one, literally one good game. And don't get me wrong. I, you can go back and listen to us talk about after that Creighton game. Um, or was it? We didn't do a show after the Creighton game, did we? I don't know when we did a show, but in the offseason, no, during the tournament, sh we tournament shows, we, yeah, we, but we, we had talked about, uh, Mike McGraw on a couple shows. So if you go back, you'll hear us, at least me, talk about how excited I am about this guy. But I think because of that Creighton game, and he played, I, I wouldn't even call it a good game, a fine game versus KU in the Big 12 tournament. Um, like People were trying to project that out far too much. Uh, at the end of the day, it was just one good game, and folks were thinking he was the second coming. I 
And I just think that's unfair to him because, I mean, the, the entire plan was for him to redshirt last season. He was thrust into playing time. Um, and, again, it probably – I mean, he was one of the difference makers in that Creighton game, so I wouldn't uh, trade it for the world. But I just think it's a little bit unfair, the expectations that were put on him. Uh, so I, I think that he's getting folded into all this. And then when it comes to Austin Trice, I think, again, um, just overhyped by – the fans, and I think part of that had to do with uh, kind of the hype that the coaching staff and folks were giving him in the offseason. You know, he was the Juco leading rebounder, and he's lived up to the hype on rebounding, but everyone just thought, oh, if this guy's so good at rebounding, he's going to be a great defender, and he's going to be an energy guy who can get putbacks and dunks. Well, the guy, quite frankly, just doesn't even look athletic enough to dunk in a contested game. I mean, he's barely getting the ball above the rim, and he's not throwing it down. And I, so I think it was just misinformation or fans that wanted him to be more than he is. I mean, he is just a rebounding machine, but literally nothing else. Um, so I think that's what's going on with those three guys. I think it all, for different reasons or another, were just overhyped by fans and uh, even to a lesser extent, Bruce Weber himself. Uh, when it comes to Cardi, though, I'm not quite sure. I think the easy answer is to say that uh, he's just having a tough time getting in rhythm since he's not starting. But he's getting enough minutes uh, that I don't know if it can be that. I think, at least in my head, the reason might be is because he is rotating positionally so much. He, he has played anywhere from the one all the way down to the three. And I think there might have even been times in super small sets that he might have even matched up as the four. Um, so I, I think that probably is, at least in my head, the more realistic reason why he's struggling because uh, he, he isn't able to settle just into one spot. He's being played as like a super utility guy. Uh, so that's what I think. Uh, is there anything off the top of your head that might be leading to the struggles of the bench players? Um, not necessarily. I think you touched on it pretty well. I, I have faith in the coaching staff, though. I mean, what the sh what the staff has shown more than anything is that they are very good at developing players. So I, I have faith that, you know, throughout the season and throughout these guys' careers, that we are going to develop them into weapons that, you know, that they're capable of, particularly Trice. You know, he, he came and he's doing exactly what we needed him to do. He's rebounding the shit out of the ball. But... We need more from him, and I, I think, you know, I, I have faith that the coaches are going to are gonna sharpen the rest of his game for the future. So See, see, I, I, I agree with everything you said except for the fact that I don't think that – I don't think that they're going to be able to fix him because I don't I, – I legitimately just don't believe that he has the skill set to be a legitimate power five defender or the way he plays, he doesn't have a shot. He only depends on his, you know, hustle and athleticism on the offensive end, and I don't think he has enough. A lot, uh, I don't think he's a good enough athlete to get buckets that way. Uh, it, I, I just, I, 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 he, he was brought in to rebound, and I don't think he will ever be anything more. And that's okay, but we need to find the next guy. Uh, Levi, Levi Stockard actually has played up to expectations, and maybe even a little bit better, but. Fact of the matter is, next year, everyone was hoping Mac was going to play the four and Trice was going to play the five. That is not going to happen. No, no and chance. I, and, and I agree with you. I think that the development of Cardi going to the next level, Sean Neal Williams and Mike McGurl, I, I believe in you there. But I'm not, I do not have any any confidence at all that Trice will ever be more than a guy who can, you know, be a vacuum on the board, but I don't think he'll ever have an offensive uh, skill set, and I think he'll always kind of be a liability versus any decent post offensive player. Yeah, I think so, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Guys, I'm sorry. I think our shout out to Ty Lockie. He just scored a touchdown. Shout out to Baby Lockie. Um, I think our guys. Do you think that our our coaching staff is more geared towards developing guards? Because I mean, when you look at the big guys that they've had in, in Bruce's career at K-State. I'm trying to think of, have we really developed a, a good, reliable, strong, big man, aside from Dean Wade? And I don't really count Dean Wade as that much of a big guy. I mean, he's his game well, is it's so much more well-rounded than, than most other big guys that we've had that, you know, he's not a guy that's going to be posting up down low and, and having a huge lane presence. 
It depends on how you view DJ Johnson's career. I think that he is someone who uh, was over uh, hyped and, uh, you know, over exaggerated by our fan base because he was such a likable guy. Um, I think you saw improvement of for him over his career. I, I 100% believe that. But to what extent, I'm not really sure. Um, and, you know, I think they got Thomas Gibson as is. I, I think the only thing that improved with Thomas Gibson over his time with the coaching staff was his uh, conditioning. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it again kind of depends on uh, what you view DJ Johnson's uh, trajectory. Like, um, I, I don't personally view him, I think, as high as a lot of uh, folks did, but I'm 100% open to being wrong about that. I've been wrong countless times, and I'll be wrong again. Um, so I think some of the boneheads might say DJ Johnson, but outside of that, no. Uh, you've had a lot of projects that just haven't worked out. Yeah. Um, well, that pretty much wraps up the hoops. I, I'm not hitting the panic button yet on those guys. I think we'll see. Um, but it could be scary next year when we lose lose that chunk. Those three seniors could be tough, possibly even a fourth in, in Xavier Sneed. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's still early. We'll see. We'll see if some of those guys can take it to the next gear. But cats are on the road next at Marquette. We've yep. got a big, t- a big test next Saturday at Marquette, and then we go to Tulsa the following Saturday. What are your thoughts on those games? Uh, Marquette, I mean, that's the biggest game. Um, maybe we'll touch on it a little bit uh, midweek, but, you know, they they were up big on KU early in the NIT tip-off, but that was 100% on the back of shooting the three hot. Yeah. Um, our defense, we can't give them open threes. We've got to contest all those shots um, and then not panic if we get down. Um we're not going to be able to outshoot them from three, but we have to just stay consistent, get shots, go to the rim, uh, because I, I'm pretty confident in saying there'll be times where, you know, they might get up double digits or they might go on a 15-0 run, yeah. but then they start, they started the second half versus KU on, like, a 0-30 run. Like, KU started off. It was like 22-0. It was like 22-0. So even if you get down, at even get down big, the game is not over. So as long as, you know, Bruce just preaches defense and getting easy shots and don't get worked up uh, if they get up early, um, I think we'll be all right. Um, I'm not necessarily predicting a win. I think Marquette's pretty good, but that'll be probably our biggest test of sure. the non-con. And I, I'll say this, I will be driving back from Osborne, Kansas during the game listening to Stan and Wyatt, so you better make sure that you're watching so we can give a, a decent game review after that. Oh, I'll be watching, man. Football's over. There's nothing else to watch. Nope, I, I agree. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I have nothing else. Uh, Boneheads, thanks for listening. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Sorry about you know the blizzard screwing this up for you. Hopefully you can get through me burping into the mic every five seconds. Uh, uh, shout out Rob. Rob from Kentucky. I saw he was at the Kentucky-Louisville game. Um, so shout out to him and sorry about that. Sorry about the mic quality. But hopefully midweek we'll be back to doing this in person with our mics. Uh, love you guys. And Grant, uh, you can wrap us up. I don't have much to wrap up. Our next our next episode could be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a, an interesting next couple of days. It's going to be an interesting week. So we'll be ready to talk about it when it's time to hit the record button. Guys, we love you. Stay safe out there in the blizzard. Maybe at the Cathead. Silver bells, silver bells, it's Christmas time. In the city, ring a ling, ring a ling, hear them ring, ting a ling. Soon it will be Christmas Day. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling. Of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner you hear 
the city. Ring-a-ling. Ring-a-ling. Hear them ring. Hear them ring. Soon it will be Christmas Day. of street lights, even stoplights, blink a bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crush, see the kids rush, this is Santa's big day, and above all this bustle, you Silver bell, the corner Santa Claus. Silver bell is busy now because it's Christmas time in the city. Ring a ling, it fills the winter air. Hear them ring, you hear it everywhere. Soon it will be Christmas day. City sidewalks. Busy sidewalks, dressed Silver in holiday bells. style, in the it's air, Christmas there's a feeling of the Christmas. City. Children laughing, people passing, maybe smile after smile, very soon, soon it will be. Podcast Network.